thank you for joining Christine Crockett-Smith as she shares insights and parenting strategies from her gold medal winning book, 18 Master Values, Be the Parent You Wish You'd Had, a great resource for peaceful parent-child relationships. Hey there, welcome. We're here today to talk about my book, 18 Master Values, Be the Parent You Wish You'd Had. And I have a guest today, a very special friend of mine, Tammy Neff, who is in town from California. Yes. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. You want to tell them just a little bit about your family and your parenting journey? Yeah, I've been married for almost 23 years. And yes, say that and it's what? But uh, we have two adult children. We have a 21-year-old son and then an 18-year-old daughter. Awesome. So in California, all with us at the moment because it's California. Oh, man. We're getting a little (laughs) California, a little bit of your weather here. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It's fantastic. Today, we are going to talk about the two values of gratitude and of curiosity. We're going to start with gratitude. Um, For me... The concept of gratitude on a daily basis has become such such an incredibly important part of my life over the last few years. It always was before, I just wasn't quite as conscious of it. And um, now it's it's part of, part of my day. What is gratitude? Do you have any kind of a daily practice towards gratitude? You know, I go in and out of having a, a kind of a ritualistic mindset in the mornings of setting an setting an intention of even just waking up to be aware and be aware of the things around me otherwise it's autopilot and you aren't looking for it you know um, I'm in town this week to see a bunch of my loved dear friends and I mean I've really packed my calendar in a crazy way and so what that means is that it's kind of gotten intense as far as going from one place to the other. And I got kind of annoyed yesterday and I was driving around and it was beautiful weather. And at some point I checked myself and thought, what are you doing? Quit being a whiny baby and look (laughs) around (laughs) and look, you got to have rain that you haven't seen in four months. You got to wake up to rain on the windows. I got to see Dallas skyline that I haven't seen in months and I got to see the Lakewood area of Dallas and Arboretum area and it was just the places that I it was like memory lane all week long so yeah reminded you of you know that was funny the things we take for granted I mean my gosh you have to or you just be bathing in a thing of gratitude all day long we can't Mm -hmm. do that but it was funny when you were at my house and the listening to the rain was such a big deal for you You hadn't Mm -hmm. heard rain Mm -hmm. in months I haven't been in rain it didn't rain when I was here before I left and I was in Europe for six weeks in seven different countries and never rained in California doesn't rain so it's yeah yeah. such a beautiful Mm -hmm. example of um for me of one thing that I totally take for granted you know for me I mean I love I do love watching the rain and I do love that we have it and I know that we need it but I had not ever that I remember focused on appreciating the sound of it Mm. and the smell you know it's Mm. I'm a I'm a sensorial human being anyway but um you know I had my hair done Monday yay also another thing to be grateful for because I'm back in Dallas I can do that and promptly walked out of the thing and became a drowned rat it was it was lovely (laughs) my feet were wet shirt was wet so in an odd way it was a big kind of a 
oh yeah, remember that? Remember what that feels like? So yeah, it's it's there everywhere, isn't it? I, uh-huh. You know, Martha Beck is one of my favorite favorite people, and um, I love that. One of the things that she says is that even when we're in our darkest, darkest place and it feels like everything's coming down around us and it feels like we can't find anything to be grateful mm-hmm. for, that you can start with just your breath. Mm-hmm. Start with your breath. That That's something to be grateful for. It's something that's so simple and it's very true, but I'm thinking about how much of my life that never even occurred to me. It wasn't taught, it wasn't discussed when I was a kid or a teenager or a young adult. That's very new. That, that realization that you can take it down to something as simple as that. And so, yeah. Yeah, it, that's a really good point. And, you know, part of my job, part of my work in the world is to encourage parents to be a lot more conscious about mm-hmm. teaching our children all of the things that they need to know to be a good adult besides math and English Mm -hmm. and science and all the things that we teach in school. Yeah, to that point, my kids were, um, Cooper being older, he was around 11 or 12, so Callie was nine, something like that. And every spring break, we always took a family road trip. It was partly to eliminate screens and force them to be in the back seat and right. fight it out to become friends again. And that was like a mystery, a method to our madness, if you will, right? right? But this one particular trip, we had, um, I hadn't very much an ulterior motive. <laughs> I wanted to, we drove to California to see family. And we drove through um, Arizona and deliberately went through Sonoma. And we hit the Grand Canyon. And so you can see... And it's, it's both of our kids were dazed, just overwhelmed by the natural beauty that around them. It's breathtaking. They were, it, it took their breath away, right? So it was very a physical experience for them to see real beauty that's of the earth. It's beautiful. And then the end of that day, um, we ended up in Las Vegas <laughs> <laughs> to a different kind of sparkle a different kind of wow factor for them to see it and do you think that's pretty many people love vegas they think it's very a lot of people do they will like people. i'm not one of them i'm not either so but i thought either they will like it or they will be repulsed by it it's not going to be anything in between um and sure enough um they were horrified they they energetically I call it bouncing. That's one of my terms, but it's... Um, I know I've stolen it. I use it all the time. Excellent. Well done. Well done. But they didn't like it. They, looking at there, there you can see the, the disgusting images on the ground that are in... It's the, it's the people. It's, it's, it was toxic. And they were, can we leave? We don't want to be here. We, we, I don't want to be here. And so that stuck with me. Bring it around full circle. Um, my son is learning from life beautifully and has found himself as he's figuring himself out what he wants to do when he grows up, if you will. We all still are doing that, right? Still (laughs) Still doing it. And he found himself, um, kind of making his way in a really tough way, but he was in Victoria in British Columbia, which is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. It really is. 
and he loved it there. He was, it's just immersed in beauty every day. He was, you know, scraping along, but it was beautiful. Fast forward an, a year and a half, and he finds himself scraping along, oddly enough, in Las Vegas. And it didn't change for him, the feeling of it, and what made it, the stark comparison, his words, <clears throat> were, I can be scraping along. I don't, the money doesn't matter. He said, but at least in Victoria, I could look outside and look around me and I was happy. It was beautiful. Breathe in the clean air and it, it was beautiful. He said, here in Vegas, it's really dark. It's, it's, a, it's a, and it's, it's not happy. It's not a happy place. A lot of lost souls find themselves there. Mm-hmm. So, but his point was he didn't need the money to be happy was his realization where he was and the kind of people he was around was what was important. So from a parent's perspective, I got to believe that that little experiment that I did back when they were 11, 12 years old and nine, I think it stuck. Sounds like it did. Yeah. Sounds like it did. And there's so much talk these days, you know. I, I didn't spend a lot of time in nature as a child. It, it just wasn't a part of my journey. It wasn't a part of what we did. And this concept that getting back to nature and getting our feet on the ground and touching the trees and is so healthy, not just for kids, for anybody, anybody who's lost, anybody who's having a hard time finding themselves. And when I first started hearing that concept, it didn't mean a lot to me because I hadn't had a lot of experience with nature, but I certainly wanted to pursue it. And one thing that you get from nature, from beauty, from natural beauty, is the miracles. I mean, I heard something recently of, that within an acorn lives an entire forest of oak trees. Hmm. <laughs> Because it will grow up and mm-hmm. become one and drop more and be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a friggin' miracle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense at all. And it can so put you into, you know, every flower, mm-hmm. every leaf, the way the leaves suck up the water and the soil and the, the sun and then drop to the ground and become fertilizer and nourish. I mean, it's a friggin' miracle mm-hmm. and you can take that appreciation for the miracle of life and nature and these things that we can forget about and you can take it into your city life you know you can you can take that realization that miracles are happening all around us mm-hmm. and to every day when you I guess for me it's redefining miracles sure sure and then you can find gratitude everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's small. The smaller, the easier. You can break it down to be small. It doesn't have to be complicated. Oh, and it no. Do, no. <clears throat> and I've also been thinking a lot lately about all of our different paths. And this is really important for parents. You know, one of the main premises of my book is that we have to figure out who they are and who they came here to be and help them be that, not try to make them be what we want them to be. And it's so incredibly important to 
understand that each human is on their own journey, we might not understand it. And um, someone who is doing things that we wish they weren't, or someone who perhaps is homeless, or someone who is making choices that we wouldn't make, we don't I'm stumbling here but it's like we can still be grateful for them we can still be grateful for what they're bringing to the human experience even when we don't understand it and I think it's important for our kids to help them almost bathe in a bath of gratitude and paying attention to what's right with what comes into their lives. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a question. Yeah. Um, for instance, for, for, for parents, they are kind of trying, trying to break the mold and, you know, look into life a bit with more gratitude. What, what are your thoughts? What can we do on a daily basis to just break the cycle of just having those, you know, covers on our eyes and kind of appreciate? That's a great question, Anna. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hit that? I'll, or I'll, you- I'll jump in for just for a quick one. Um, uh, life lessons, things that go wrong or hard or mistakes, if you want to call them that. I'm not sure there are many mis- real mistakes, but right. But if they don't go is just feedback, right? <laughs> just feedback. But I love that, that. If it doesn't go the way you planned and you're bummed about it or you're upset about it, or if it, it, it's a failure, it didn't work, whatever. I think that my question that I've begun to give my kids specifically is, okay, what did you learn? And they're all, they could be throwing a fit about this thing not being right, right? But then if you just change the question to why didn't that work? Or why, why, why in a bad way? Nah, just just, just it's a, recouch it. A Re- tiny, huge shift. Tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep that. It's a tiny, huge shift to not complaining about it, that it didn't work, but just why didn't it work? And then switch it to become look at it from a place of curiosity and what was my role in it that's so empowering and then start that and then it's then you can baby step your way into being grateful that it happened because if that didn't happen the way it did you wouldn't know how to do it differently so you learned a lot what a gift what a gift yes there are gifts in every moment and sometimes you need the space of time between the event or the activity or the broken romance or whatever but in retrospect, you can always get back there. And for me, Anna, that's such a great question. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about mindfulness and meditation and what they can do for your life. And um, it, it's taken me a long time of listening to what a lot of people say and taking bits and pieces of it and deciding what it means for me and the best way for me to use it. And I don't think there's one right way. A lot of people will preach that their way's the right way. I don't think there is one right way. I think you've got to find your own. And um, one thing that has really helped me in the last year, really helped me, total game changer, is to do it first thing in the morning, to do it before I've looked at my texts, before I've looked at my emails, before anything has gone wrong when I'm still in that soft, soft place of post-slumber. I feel like I can connect better then. That's one reason that it's really important. But the second reason is that 
it gives me time, like you were saying, to focus, to, to remind myself about what I want out of my day, what I want out of my relationships, who I want to be as I go forth in this day. And it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. It helps me anchor in and it helps me move forward with a foundation of remembering who I am and who I want to be. And it's really different <clears throat> if you do it midday or at night. It's true. Another way to, to make it, to set those intentions, I, I learned this through um, some Reiki um, audios that I'm listening to of the, the practice of Reiki. And when you're first beginning and you're getting into the, the routine and the habit of what the mindset is it's so beautiful it's so soft it's to make it not so um, overwhelming or pressure or to make it any possibility of being negative in case you fail at doing it that day the words are just for today (laughs) be kind just for Uh. today hold your anger just for today love so just for, I thought it was stunning I really so, really loved it you know addicts have to live that way mm. and I believe all of us we're all on a journey that never ends right you're never going to get it right all of a sudden and everything's going to be perfectly quite now I've got to get to live the rest of my life perfect what? it's <laughs> <laughs> so for all of us whether it's a traditional addiction to something that you really really can't control that's detrimentally affecting your life or it's just bad habits or bad relationship habits or things when you do realize that there's something you want to change it makes it so much easier to contemplate and to buy into when you break it down like that just for especially you know I'm a part of a few groups with where parents do share their their questions about the about parenting and and quite often you know things are not going their way and they're just too close to it they're just too close to Mm. it to they they're not able to kind of step back and look at it either long term or from the perspective of the three-year-old mind mm-hmm. um you know we we can tend to have adult expectations of little people and it's so important when a parent has made a decision to let's say they've been a yeller let's say they've been yelling at their children and they're hearing it and they don't want to be that person. And maybe they were yelled at as children and that's the, the basis that they have. And they've decided really consciously, that's not who I want to be, to make the commitment. Just today, just today is really powerful. It's a micro step. It is. Oh, right? I like that. It's just a baby step. It's just. And that's good enough. Right, right. It's good enough because a lot of babies, you know, somebody said, um, just in those decisions that we're making every day, if you can just choose to be happy, just choose to be happy, just right this minute, that whole, you know, Eckhart Tolle living in presence. If you can just right now, that's all, just right now decide to be happy. And if you can do that and do that and do that and do that and you string them along, pretty soon you got a happy life, <laughs> right? <laughs> Micro steps, like Micro you steps. said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to bog yourself down with, I have to resolve it all today. I have to be the perfect mm-hmm. parent today. I have to stop doing all these things that I'm doing that I think are wrong today. Just pick one. Right. Just pick one. That's in that's in establishing any new habit, right? right. 
you want to, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. Well, how are you going to get that done? I'm going to make a list. But you hate lists, <laughs> right? It, it <laughs> Why don't you pick this little bitty thing Love and it. do it all week all and week. do it every day all week. And yeah. pat yourself on the back when Exactly. You do it. And then you add one more thing and then do that. And let other people know. You know, another thing that I think is really important for parents is to not just bring the other adults in your life in on the game, like, hey, listen, I've been doing this and I'm gonna try to do better so that they can give you the attaboys. But bring your kids into it. You know, Mm -hmm. you're both learning from each other. Let them know, Mm -hmm. hey, listen, I'm gonna, whatever, I'm just gonna stick with yelling since that's what we started with, but I I wanna do better. I'm not gonna do that quite so much. And then when you have that moment where you lose it, and if they know it's something you're trying to work on and you're in on this together, they're able to go, hey, mom without you feeling defensive or that because that right. they're doing exactly yeah right. bring, bringing the kids into and sometimes it's family dynamics that need to shift so you all do need to be on the same like if the mm-hmm. if because you're yelling they're now yelling at their little sibling mm-hmm. um then it, it becomes a whole family thing to try to work together yeah i think we underestimate what kids are capable of often often right where was it i read once about let your children overhear you talking good about them good about them yeah. bragging about them deliberately set them That's up so they can overhear so over, right because they overhear people complaining all the time and it's devastating it's a terrible feeling but if you set it up and the other part of that is when you look them in the eye and go, so, wait, such a great job, honey. You did such a good job. Quite often, they're just not hearing it. it, it they don't feel it in their bones. It can feel like you're just saying that because you're my mom. But when they overhear you oh, saying it to someone else. It's, it, it's, it hits them differently, right? Yeah. Another thing about that is saying good job falls flat. It doesn't mean anything. I think that's really important. What did they do well? And tell them what they did well. I noticed that you did this, and instead of doing that, you did that, and that was really, really exceptional. Because I could see that her face looked different, and I could see that she was happy, and I could see that, or look at the way you put this together. Look at that, that's really fantastic. Do you see what you did? They can't, it's, it's undeniable, they know it's a good job. So yeah. they begin to believe you when you say something's well done, yeah. That they know it's well done. It right? makes more sense to yep. them. They can yep. internalize it better. And then right. that next step, and it's in the book somewhere. I'm not, I don't remember which chapter, but that next step of how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And making sure that they start giving themselves their mm-hmm. own attaboys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they don't need other people's. Or I bet that makes you so proud. Oh. You must be so proud oh, of that's, yourself. That's the chapter it's in. Pride. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's another one. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that one. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. We're just talking about parenting here. Um, and we have talked a lot about gratitude. If you don't mind, we've talked about a lot of other things too, but do you mind if we shift just a bit to curiosity? Sure. And why that's so important. You know, um, I've heard the saying, stop learning, start dying. Um, my mom used to say, when you stop discovering new music is mm. when you start aging. And that always stayed with me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's one thing that makes me really sad about our educational system is that we don't value, measure, or give accolades for curiosity. Not in our public system, no. 
I think in most systems they don't. There are a few rare ones, but for the body and large, you're correct. It's not, there's a plan. Be quiet and learn the plan. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, I could talk all day about our broken education system, and I won't because it makes me sad. But as a parent, if you have chosen to send your children into a traditional education system, then the responsibility falls even more on you to encourage their curiosity and their thinking. And I'm going to rant for just a second. That's one more reason it's your responsibility to get their faces out of their screens. Because that little bit of time, you know, kids are in school longer than they are at home. Mm-hmm. That is the majority of their life. You get them this much. Mm-hmm. And it is your responsibility during that amount of time to give them opportunities to be thinking and writing and solving and planning. And, you know, think, think back when, I mean, we haven't talked about our childhoods that much as far as playing, but we went outside and we had to come in when the streetlights came on and they never knew nor cared what we were doing. And we were finding rocks and leaves and sticks and, I mean, kick the can and mother may I and things didn't, didn't require anything. Mm-hmm. And from making up all those rules, we also learned who the leaders were. Right. And who the nurturers were and who the fighters were and how to deal with them. And it's important for human development. Mm. It's not just a it's not just a thing like to limit them to an hour and you don't even know why you're doing it. You're doing it because their curiosity and their desire to just learn randomly things that they come across. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm ranting again, but Do it again. When we were a kid, we had an encyclo- we had encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. So if I had to look up egg, I would also see you know something else, other things on either side of it that started with e, and you could go down this rabbit hole of all these things that you hadn't even mm-hmm. gone towards. And with Google, that doesn't happen. If you look up egg, you get forty seven hundred articles about eggs. The only place that something like that happens going down the rabbit hole. And I've learned this from my kids, actually. Because I'm right. <laughs> I make them show me music as well. That's their job. That's one of their responsibilities. I know, me too. <laughs> I keep yes, Madison, it. give me a playlist. Yes, yep. bring it, bring it. Hey, mom, what you hear something? Bring it. I want to hear it. I may not like it, but always bring it. But they listen to um, uh, not just YouTube, but different types of video, and they go one interests them, and then an hour and a half later. If you like this, you might like this. Are you like this? And you might like this. And what they end up finding, I end up, they end up sending those to me often too because they get into, oddly enough, and it's really well, I'm not sure how they do it so well, <laughs> but you're going to, a, whether it's a music video or it's a, someone who's going on a rant or if it's um, in pop culture, if it's a... Uh, if it's a poet, if it's a live, what do you call that? Spoken word Spoken poetry. word poetry or something like that. If you like this, the topic or the the rub in that, something you might like this or whatever, and it begins It's, it's to, based on keywords. Is it keywords? Yeah. So, and metadata on the on the video. Got it. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> but, it's, but it's so brilliant. Thank you, it's, it's, thank you. It's really... But they find themselves sending me other kinds of things that they learned something or learned this or saw this, and this was really fascinating. Check this out and check this out. And so they're doing this 
it's luckily there's something that still is now being provided it's like our encyclopedias a thousand years ago that's a really good point because i do get on these non-electronics rants but but our electronics have given us access to so much more information in a really, 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 really good way. In a great way, and so much of it that we don't even need, and they're not ready for little ones. They're yeah. not ready for it, right? Yeah. They're not. They can't even process it. The information's so fast, they can't process it. So, so it's not really about. It's not about eliminating the screen time. It's about being very, 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 very aware of. You know, people are shocked when they hear me say this, but. When my kids were growing up, their computers, we didn't have, they didn't have phones yet. Um, so that wasn't an issue for me when they were little. But when they did start having laptops, they had to be in the central family area all the time, period, end of story. They were not allowed to take them to their rooms. And my reasoning for that was stories that I had heard about Thing, rabbit holes kids were going down into really dangerous places right, right. and that actually could turn into actually meeting really dangerous people Correct. and if you don't have eyes on a screen you can't monitor that and a lot of kids got in a lot of trouble so that was my reasoning for it but the beautiful unintended consequence of it was they're sitting there in the room doing their computers or their, their writing or their research or whatever and as I'm walking by they can go hey mom blah 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 or as I'm walking by I can go oh Madison did you know that blah 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 so the conversation between the adults and the kids continued in a way that it would not have if they went off in their room to, rooms and closed their doors and I know that if you've already set it up that they're allowed to have their computers in their rooms it will be a challenge to shift to not if that's something that you want to do but if they're a little bitty and you're trying to decide what kinds of rules you want to have in place that's a good one i think it's an outstanding one and if we knew then what we know now about screens we could uh, make a big difference in a lot of little ones so the limitation yeah. on screen time it's just enormous. And, and these days you do have to realize that it's the phones too. A friend of mine in Atlanta screen a um, makes her, kid, her kids have to plug in their phones to be charged at the central family area before they go to bed. It's just it, it's not a thing. Right. I mean, it's just a thing. It's right. not an option. Yeah. Right, right, right. But the screen is the screen. And they also know now that little ones, there's evidence, and I don't know the depth of it or how to, how to help you find that, but... The evidence is becoming very, very clear that they shouldn't be exposed to any kind of screen um, before the age of three, mm. maybe four. There's pretty compelling evidence that the actual synapses in the brain that grows social function. It stunts it. It stunts it. It stunts it. One of the saddest <clears throat> things for me was when cars first came out with the screens in the back and I'd be driving along and I'd see it, the parents in the front somewhere between like 5 and 7 p.m. So you know they, you don't know but quite often it appeared that they had just picked the kids up from daycare or maybe from school and they're driving and you know drive time can be so valuable and you see the parents either talking or on their phones and the kids in the back watching a movie or something. It used to make me so sad. I think the same thing is happening to, it's become a and I, I get it. Working, both working parents, you're exhausted, and the, the thing, the phone becomes a way to keep them distracted and quiet for an hour. Just let me eat. Let me sit down for a second, or you won't get yourself in trouble. Just entertain yourself for just a minute there. I get it. It's 
at the same time, there's something else being missed. Oh. The other part of it's being missed of coloring at the table or something else that acts blocks Legos something that's being missed and so it ain't easy no it's really hard no it is yeah and that easy fix of oh my gosh at least they'll shut up is a short-term fix that becomes a long-term problem correct correct it's a lot harder to say no in the moment often as a parent but you gotta think long-term you gotta you know I've talked so much lately about how we're raising adults. We're not raising kids. I mean, our, our job and what needs to be in our head with every choice that we make with them is that we're, empower, we're supposed to be empowering them mm-hmm. to be able to go off and be on their own and make the choices that will benefit them long term, not right. short term. Right. Preachy, preachy, preachy. Listen to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, It's uh, kind of time to wrap up the show, but I guess we can still spend some five minutes going through uh, curiosity. No, I mean, no, it's cool. We've been talking about curiosity. I mean, we talked before we even got here. We're going to go wherever we go. It's cool. Thank you guys for for paying attention, whether whether you're live or you're watching this later. I hope you got something out of it, Tammy. Thank you so (laughs) much. Here you are (laughs) visiting all your friends and here to do all this stuff, and you took time out to do this. I really appreciate it. It was perfect. I was so glad I was in town to be able to do it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it and thank you all and we will see you next time.